Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Wow, I'm pretty sure that was like a uh, early 90s Oilers theme song in the playoffs one year. Might have been for the 91 playoffs. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Just before uh, we hook up with Brian Lawton, let's go to our Ford keys to the game and you can uh, text us give me your thoughts what are the keys to victory for Edmonton Oilers in this series you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063 give me a couple keys to victory tonight again text us courtesy of our friends at Wetaskiwin's Brentridge Ford cars cost less in Wetaskiwin and hey they are low on used vehicle inventory. Now is the time to reach out to Brent Ridge Ford. You can give them a call, one 877 or visit com. Without further ado, we head off on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And we are pleased to be joined at this time for our friends at the Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. The Oilers dropped the puck in their playoff series against the Winnipeg Jets. The playoffs have already started from the NHL Network in the U.S. Former NHL general manager, once top agent, uh, started off Octagon's hockey agency and a number one overall pick in the NHL entry draft as well. We welcome back to the show uh, Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. I'm going to give you, get you to put your uh, analyst hat on right from the get-go here. The Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets, your thoughts on a couple keys that have to happen tonight for Edmonton to get a good start in the series? Well, first off, I mean, no great news for Winnipeg, as it was just announced recently here, of course, that Dubois and Ehlers won't be playing in Game 1. I know there was a lot of talk. Nobody knew for sure in the old days guys like that would end up playing and they kind of hide it and release it at game time, but not the case in game one. That's certainly good news for the Edmonton Oilers. For me, um, there's a number of things that I think have to happen. Number one is that we have to see the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl that we saw in the regular season. I don't have any doubts that'll happen. Number two, the goaltending is going to have to stay strong as Mike Smith has played. And number three, I think we're going to have to see a few more contributions from the depth players than we've seen even during the regular season, in my opinion, for Edmonton to be able to avoid, you know, what was really a shocker last year at this time when they went up against Chicago, a team that, you know, I also thought at that time they would be able to handle in the first round. 
Yeah, uh, they lost in four games, and McDavid and Drysaddle took their share of criticism from some, not all. Uh, they did have eight goals combined in those four games, and they were plus players. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the team had an 870 save percentage. The Oilers gave up 9 of 16 goals, Brian, off of deflections. And Dave Tippett has built a bigger defense here along with uh, Ken Holland. They picked up Kulikov at the trade deadline, and Slater Cuckoo... Um, and it's interesting with Slater. At times, I didn't think he was going to be ready for the playoffs, and then at other times, I did think he was going to be ready. But they're going to roll out on the left side. Six foot four, Darnell Nurse. Six foot one and a half, uh, Dmitry Kulikov, who's played over seven hundred games in the NHL, and then Slater Cuckoo, who's six foot two. Do you think that's an accident after what the team experienced last year in that play-in series against Chicago? Because you got to score dirty goals in the playoffs, don't you, Brian? You do, and I think they recognize that. Uh... They just didn't control the front of the net. Offensively, I think they were okay. Defensively, they were below average. And that really affected them last year. And I think they've been cognizant of it since that point and taken a lot of steps to try to correct it. We'll see how it plays out. I like their chances. You mentioned the fact that the Oilers are going to need more support scoring. Does that complexion change with the Jets not having Ehlers has really emerged this year as maybe their second-best player behind Mark Shifley? Some would say he's outplayed Shifley at times. And then obviously not having Dubois, who was involved in what many people thought was a great trade for two different teams, except Dubois, signed, he hasn't killed it yet in, in, in Winnipeg. And Patrick Liney, I was talking about this today with one of the greatest players in the history of the game. And he said to me, how about a year did he have? He got quoted on the record as saying, I don't even want to think. He did an interview in Finland. I don't want to even think about hockey. I'm not playing in the World Championships. I'm done after the year I'm having. I had to chuckle at that. But just a thought, I mean, the Jets, they do have the depth advantage at forward, though Edmonton's top two guys are better than anybody Winnipeg's got, with all due respect to, you know, Shifley and Ehlers and players of that ilk. But does that get mitigated when they don't have access to Ehlers and Dubois? It could be, and that would certainly be the hope and the game plan from Winnipeg's perspective. I mean, Winnipeg is, you know, when you can roll out Shifley and even a veteran in Stastny and Dave Lowry as your top three centers, that's not terrible. As a matter of fact, it's pretty strong. And that should be an area that they try to take comfort in as being uh, an ability where uh, maybe they have a little bit more depth, maybe not the high-end talent, but more depth at that position, certainly the first three guys they roll out. So I'll, I'm curious to see what kind of an impact Lowry can have, to be honest with you, because I think he's going to be called upon to neutralize uh, one of the two superstars in Edmonton, and that's going to maybe free up a little bit of an opportunity for one of the other centers. Probably be Stastny, Stastny and Cop, who play together. Can they do some damage maybe against the Oilers' third or fourth lines? That will be certainly a storyline that Winnipeg, Paul Maurice, and their staff will be looking to exploit. A lot of the fans that listen to the show, they know sports. So when I say, here's a quote from Paul Bear Bryant, LA, okay, I know who he is. I mean, he's a legend in the U.S., but he said something once about the difference between winning and losing. He said the same things win that have always won, and we just have a different bunch of excuses if we lose. Is that the greatest truism in sport? Like, when you think of playoff hockey, you know, you got to be, you got to have total buy-in. It's firm, competitive battling. Everybody's got to hit. Everybody's got to block shots. You got to have goaltending. You got to have opportunistic scoring. 
And that can mitigate the difference between the talent levels of top teams and maybe teams that aren't quite as good. And that's why upsets can happen. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And particularly in the first round is the it's the ability for an underdog to sneak up on a good team. I really believe that. Um you know, I'm looking at that Tampa series, and in theory, Tampa was the underdog. But, you know, the Florida Panthers are already in a must-win situation. Two games at home into a series. It can change on a dime to come at you like a tidal wave. Uh, this is the opportunity for a team that I think is the underdog in Winnipeg in this series, clearly, uh, to sneak up on Edmonton. And it starts uh, tonight, and their goal should be to, you know what, let's just grind out a win here. I don't care how it looks. We got to try to steal a page from what Montreal was able to effectively do for three games in a row to Edmonton, which was shut them down. And uh, it starts tonight. And that's what Winnipeg has to be thinking. April 5th, 1984, Minnesota and Chicago. What do you remember about your first NHL playoff game? Because Ryan McLeod's going to experience that tonight for the Oilers. You know what? I, I remember that it was just another level up. You know, you come into the league and you play some exhibition games. My first year, I think I played 10 exhibition games, had 10 points. Yeah, you know, seemed okay. And I got to the regular season and, and I felt like, oh my God, what happened? This just ramped up 10 times higher than the exhibition season. And then I got to the playoffs and I thought, oh my God, what just happened? This just ramped up 10 times higher than the regular season. So it's always a little bit of a shock. Um, I think that McLeod is ready to handle that, quite frankly. I know he only had limited time in the regular season, but he's had time as a pro. That's the view from an 18-year-old kid back then when things are uh, coming at you fast and furious. As you get a little bit more time, and even a year or two can really help you through that process, I think he'll do just fine, particularly with his how much he's improved his skating uh, the last 12, 18 months. So uh, I'm excited. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Glad to see him in the uh, opening lineup for the playoffs, and uh, I think he's going to have a real positive effect. For the Mattress Superstore, we're joined by the NHL Network's Brian Lott and Bob Stauffer with you. We'd be remiss without mentioning, in 1984, your rookie season, the NHL 83-84, yes. for some reason you played one game against... Uh, you got one game in against the Hawks. Then you, then they dressed you twice against St. Louis in the next round. But then they threw you to the Wolves. You got three of the four games against the uh, 
84 Oilers, who, including both games at Edmonton, and they were pretty good that year. They swept you guys in four straight. Uh, what was as, as you're sitting there, you know, playing an Oilers team that was at the absolute height of the powers and on the precipice of winning their first Stanley Cup, which, by the way, happened on this date 37 years ago today. We had a hell of a party, an organic party that night on Jasper Avenue in Edmonton, May 19th, 1984. It happened naturally, and it didn't get overtaken by idiots at the end of the night or anything like that. It was just an awesome uh, experience. But what do you remember about playing the Oilers in that 84 playoff series? It's really the, the totality of that first season. It was by far the most difficult season I ever had playing hockey. I literally, I played 58 games that year. I think I had about 30 points. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. I was playing high school hockey the year before. But throughout the course of that season, I literally dressed in seven games when I did not play a shift. And I can just remember, you know, with some self-talk before the playoffs, trying to talk myself into, you know what, you're a good player. You're a good player. You can play at this level. You can do it. All the things you try to tell yourself and uh, I got to be honest, it was a struggle. Not playing, not playing a single shift when you're dressed as a National Hockey League player, there's not many more things uh, that are more embarrassing than that. And it affected me in a significantly negative way. That's just the way it was. It's on me to do well, not blaming uh, anything on anybody else. But I got to tell you, as a young person, it was incredibly difficult. It's so refreshing to me to see where the NHL is now and how young players are handled and there's more consideration for things like that. Back then, it was just the way it was, you know, and nobody batted an eye. I had to ask somebody for the first time I didn't play a shift and I saw DNP next to my game. Uh, I was like, what does that mean? And the guy looked at me and said, that means did not play. I was like, oh, okay, well, I know that already. Uh, you know what? You played 483 games in the National Hockey League, Brian. I would have blocked slap shots in the nude. Nobody wants to see that now. Uh, but I would have blocked slap shots in the nude to have gotten in a one game in a league. <laughs> Unfortunately, I lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, and character to that opportunity. All right, that's, I've used that line 8,433 times in order. So, Brian Lawton for the NHL Network. Let's get to, you know, I'm watching Tampa, Florida, and I got to tell you, I know they don't have Ekblad. He's a terrific defenseman, but Florida's structure is off. They're giving up way too many odd man breaks. It doesn't matter who they have in goal. Um, they're playing hyper aggressive, selling out on the four check. I don't think you can beat Tampa Bay that way. Do you? No, I don't. I, I wasn't. Florida had a great year, and you have to compliment them on that. But it takes a while for an organization or a team to figure out how to win in the playoffs as well. If you look at the teams that do go on and win, traditionally they've got three, four, five years of you know going through the process. Even Tampa Bay made it to the finals in fifteen and didn't win till last year. Uh, Florida, to me, is a little bit of a newbie at this, particularly with some of their key players. And uh, Tampa is a veteran, grizzled team that got their star player back, has two monster defensemen, has one of the best goaltenders in the world. Uh, I was not expecting much from Florida. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised by the shock and outcry that, you know, from Tampa's too much to Tampa... Uh, circumvented the salary cap. They didn't circumvent the salary cap outside of the rules. It did work out precariously well for them. That's the way it goes. Uh, it's happened before. And, uh, you know, it, it happened 
with uh, Patrick Kane not that many years ago. Fans may remember we got hit late in the season, didn't play, allowed them to acquire some guys at the trade deadline and then bring Patrick Kane back for the playoffs. I think it was 15, so against Tampa, as a matter of fact. So those things happen. It is what it is. They have a monster of a team. It's going to be tough for Florida, but they literally are find themselves uh, very quickly into the playoffs in a must-win scenario without a clear-cut number one goaltender, in my opinion. I couldn't even tell you who they're going to address next game other than I could confidently say it won't be Spencer Knight. Okay. Uh, well, you know who's happy about who got the call last night is Jerry Johansson uh, because Jerry represents Chris Dreger, and I, I mean... I thought he was okay in last night's game. I don't think he cost him the game. I'm surprised that you spent $10 bucks on a Guardian, who two years earlier upset the Tampa Bay Lightning, had a 932 save percentage when Columbus shocked the world and beat a 60-win team. I know he had a real little bit surprised they didn't come back with him. And obviously, as an agent, how would you handle that situation where Dreger's a pending UFA? Well, not only is it pending UFA, but he's also got to be protected, expansion draft. I mean, in theory, Florida could do that. I just don't see a team in today's world going, you'd have to think it would be $13, $14 million for two goaltenders when you've got a great young kid there. So something will happen with Dreger, who he most likely will be with another organization. It may be Seattle, it may not. That's yet to be determined. Uh, the Bombrowski one, you know, I think general managers, there's two $10 million goaltenders in the National Hockey League right now, and I would imagine that uh, Vasilevsky's only at 9.5. He's the best goalie in the world for me personally, but um, I think people are finding out, like the Minnesota Wild did last year, that if your team structure is strong enough, you don't need to spend that much money. A lot of these guys are closer than you think. Their years can vary from year to year in terms of up and down, Yep. but they're pretty much in a range where uh, I think it's more prudent to manage your goaltenders that way than to go out and try to sign that $10 million guy. That's going to be an albatross for Florida moving forward. There's just no other way to say it. Uh, very quickly, uh, since you mentioned Vegas uh, and Minnesota, I, I got it, and, and I, in full disclosure here, I vote uh, for Coach of the Year, and Dean Evason is in my top three. Uh, but I, I probably watched the Minnesota, Minnesota the least of all the NHL teams in the playoffs. They are given Vegas, and I know Vegas doesn't have patch ready, but but Brian, they are struggling to score goals. Flower's been great in both games. This is a this is a heck of a series between Minnesota and Vegas, isn't it? It really is. Minnesota didn't get probably their due this year because Vegas and Colorado were so good, finished 1-2, tied in points. Um, Minnesota is a really tough matchup for Vegas. Vegas is a big, rough team that doesn't seem to really rattle the Minnesota Wild, who also is a much bigger team all of a sudden, has a much better forward group than people give them credit for. Kaprizov has changed that dynamic, as has Jordan uh, Greenway and Joel Erickson Eck. Marcus Polino had a really productive year. Kevin Fiala has looked very good last night, even in the loss. I watched that team as much as I watched the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, they're a really good hockey team. Their decor is in the top five in the National Hockey League. They got four guys that can skate with anybody. And I got to tell you that Vegas looks very frustrated to me. Thankfully, they broke through last night. Uh, Cam Talbot has looked magnificent for them, but uh, uh, it's no disrespect to Cam, but that's a really good team to play behind.
And yeah. uh, I, I like what Minnesota's done. I like what Billy Garrett's done. I like where their team is at. I think that they may not even get the recognition they deserve this year if they don't win this series against Vegas, uh, which to me right now, it's an absolute pick em series. It All really, right, truly is for me. I love Carson Suse, by the way. I'd be interested to see if they can protect him. Uh, quickly into speaking of pick em, two Canadian series haven't started yet. Uh, inquiring minds want to know here, Brian. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal. What happens? Give us, uh, give us your pick for the series and how many games. Edmonton wins in five games would be my pick, and Toronto wins in six games would be my t- my uh, take. I'm a little bit surprised that Montreal is so out in front of announcing their line uh, lineup, leaving out Kakaniemi, Caulfield. And really, Romanoff is the one that surprised me the most, Bob. i got to be honest with you. I think that guy's a heck of a player. I'm shocked, uh, quite I, frankly. I don't think they have three guys on the left side better than him. That guy, that guy skates through guys when he hits them and hits people with speed. That's how you hurt players. Uh, I'm with you. I think he's been pretty – I'd have all three of those guys going. They have bit hard on their veterans and some of their uh, players that they acquired and – I'm stunned. Like I just stick with Cockadiemi. You mentioned Eric Sinek, by the way. I'll give Scott Housen credit. That was his guy. Had Edmonton held the 16th pick in the 20, uh, and I know everybody's well. What about Barzell? Eric Sinek, because the Oilers were had McDavid. Eric Sinek was a guy they had strong consideration for. He's looking like a great middle six center, isn't he? Second slash third line center. Uh, he is. He just. He skates around with the strangest looks on his face and just runs into people all the time. And it's like, what? What? You know, I just it was I, I just what happened? It's it's incredible how effective this guy is defensively and how heavy he is. He's just a heavy player. I interviewed for that Minnesota job a couple of years ago before they hired Billy, and I got to tell you that was a guy I highlighted and said, look. Sign this guy as long as you can at a discount right now because he's going to be a heck of a player. I'm happy to see that happening for him, and it's been a great event for the Minnesota Wild because he's going he's gonna to be one of the centers that they've been looking for for really a number of years, and it's certainly a younger guy that can come in and give him a little bit of oomph there. He's been tremendous. Brian, love having you on the show. Thank you for your time, and we'll touch base next week, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. That is Brian Lott from the NHL Network. Quick text from Boomer. He says, Bob, I can't agree with Brian Moore. Uh, a, uh, as important as a goalie position is, you can't pay a goalie like a top forward or a defenseman. Not in today's salary cap. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's open for takeout and delivery Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Uh, they've got delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltoff will take care of you. Straight into the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers for every goalie order score. James H. Brown donates $100 to 630's Chad's Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We'll make this quick. We'll just focus on Edmonton and Winnipeg, and we'll tell you that uh, the orders have been are about as healthy as they've been all year. Uh, both Cuckoo and Cassian back in. They're both on LTIR for a while. They're both going to play tonight. The Jets, it's official. Paul Maurice uh, saying uh, about a half an hour ago, both 
Nikolai Ehlers and P.L. Dubois, who'd play in their top six out for Winnipeg. It is 12.56. Uh, we'll take a, a bit of a break here off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. And at 105, we'll come back with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.